people don't realize or aren't aware sometimes, like you said earlier before, of how even though it happened in childhood or even teenager times, just in the past, that it seeps into our adult lives. So I always like to give an example. If something in the past made you not have a good self-worth, you know, you're going to enter work. You're not going to be able to negotiate for a good salary because you don't feel like you're worth it. You're going to accept bad people in your life, in relationships, because you think that's the love that you deserve. Like it, it affects everything. And if you don't address your inner child, you will bring it into your romantic relationships, guaranteed, because you're looking for that partner to fulfill those needs. And a lot of times I'll see that people project their insecurities or their fears. And it's okay to have fears and insecurities and talk about them, but it's different when you start projecting them into the relationship. And usually that causes the strains. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Constantine Morun, and today's guest is Trang Pham Nguyen. Trang is a Reiki energy healer. She builds community by facilitating deep and thoughtful discussions and healing workshops. Trang also leads the Happy Healing Shop. So prepare yourself for an unforgettable conversation that's sure to leave a lasting impression. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Trang Pam Win to the show. Trang, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you know or knew you are on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. So without further ado, I'll pass it over to you. Thanks so much, Constantine, for having me. I'm so excited. Well, to, I guess, put everything in a nutshell because everyone has a really long background, right? So pretty much, and you know this, growing up with immigrant parents, um, they just want, it, there's a lot of trauma there and they want us to really be stable. Background pressure of do well in school so you can get a stable job with benefits and all that kind of stuff. Engineer, doctor, lawyer, stereotype holds true for my family. And so I just kind of worked from, an executive assistant. And I, after backpacking the world for, you know, two years, I settled in LA and worked for NBC, got laid off and went through a really difficult, depressing moment, time and stuff like that, because money was running out. I just moved into a new place. And then Disney called me and I got a job there, but it was under a really toxic, abusive environment. But in the, looking back now, I see it. But in the moment, people were just accepting it as that's how it is, right? And so I went through this really dark moment. And a colleague that happened to hop onto the team was psychic. And she was kind of not out of the spiritual closet. We started talking about things and I started learning about the spiritual world. And that's how I got into this whole entire, like everything and manifesting and learning about crystals, tarot, and what the afterlife looks like. And that was really eye-opening for me and understanding the fact that as hard as it sounds, our souls signed up for certain lessons to learn and over and also to experience joy as well. And then after that, it's just you start questioning things when you start seeing and realizing it. I grew up Roman Catholic, so obviously you believe you know, you know how it is, heaven or hell, good or bad, you know, don't do bad things or else you're going to end up in the flames of fire and things like that. So, but yeah, so all this whole thing, that whole experience brought me to questioning, especially learning about the afterlife, what it looks like, just questioning reality, what was taught to me. And so my psychic colleague and I, we co-founded and just started our own business of the Happy Healing Shop. And so that's where we educate people on the afterlife, tarot, different spiritual modalities, um, and also building community from there. And right now we recently split. So it's just me taking over. So now I've actually changed it. I feel like as humans, we're, all we're always evolving, but so is our business. And that split, to be honest, wasn't easy either. And so it's just throughout the whole life, the past couple of years has been a lot of questioning of my path or questioning what I was meant to do. But at the end of the day, also, how am I going to serve people? Absolutely. That's a great story. And to me, it sounds like you're doing a lot of learning, you're doing a lot of growing. And 
like you said, we are all human beings trying to have a better life, to have an impact on others, serve others as well, and bring them along on this journey with us. Now, let me ask you this. When would you say, you know, growing up religious to some degree, right? You and I both. When was the first time when you had kind of like your first spiritual aha moment where it's like, you know what? Maybe things are not the way they seem to be. They are maybe it's time for me to challenge the status quo or certain beliefs that I held for so long. Yeah, I I feel like really it was, you know what, Constantine, when I started learning from my former business partner about after having a mediumship, so talking to my grandpa who passed away, but talking to him in the afterlife. And at first I was skeptical because that's like most people being like, really, is it real? You can just say something general and people people be like, oh, that's vague. That can apply to anyone. But when there are certain things that she said where I would think, oh, yeah, my grandpa would say it that way with that tone. And, you know, we start doing psychic nights and a lot of with friends and then people start crying, you know, coming out of sessions crying and we realize we're onto something like it's not something that's just like, oh, my gosh, it's a fun girls night. It wound up being like, oh. There's deep stuff coming up for these people and a lot of healing, a lot of relief, a lot of closure and peace that it came after that. And then people walking away going like, there's, it's okay. Like the bad relationship I had with my grandma or whatever, like they're okay. Like all this weight I've carried on myself, I can let go of it. And so I wish more people could see that and how beautiful it could be and how healing it can be. But I think it was the mediumship that really started making me go like, what is going on? And, you know, questioning more of like, oh, so we have this spiritual path, the spiritual journey, or we're meant to do certain things and Mm -hmm. come to this life. So it's still, so I think that was the main one. I hope that answered that question. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of your turning point, right? When you're like, you know what? I'm meant to do something more than just work in a corporate world or achieve the American dream, so to speak, in the sense, get a job, climb up, climb up the ladder, get the shiny toys, and just that's life. Yeah, I, I actually, sorry about that, but I, I just want to say for you, what was your moment when you're thinking like, there must be more to life or what is more to life? That's a great question. It all started probably 15 years ago. I'm about to turn 40, right? So I was about 25. And as part of a therapy session for close family members, I had to attend as well uh, to try to help the situation. And uh, the lady we, we were speaking to only needed my birth date and my name to draw up a chart and tell me about myself and start to, to look into how my relationships with various family members would be. And I was skeptical like you with the medium, right? And, you know, because up to that point, I was raised as a Christian Orthodox I didn't practice much, but still went to church every now and then for big celebrations like Easter and, and of course, Christmas and others. And anyway, I was not sure what to expect. And I went in, I was one of the first people that she talked to from the family. And the information that she had on me just based on my name and, and date of birth took me by surprise. And I was, I started questioning, how does she, how, does, how could someone know Things that no one else does. And even for me, those things were tough because I knew them deep down in my heart, but not necessarily wanting to admit that some of those flaws, let's call them, right, or challenges were present or were part of my life. Now, being 25, though, being younger and not having access to people like you to talk to or a podcast like this to listen to or books, this was, again, 15 years ago, it kind of went in the back burner, right? But was the way I see it, once the egg opens up, so to speak. Like, let's say I'm in, a, in an egg right now. Once it cracks, the sh- uh, the light comes in. And you can't close that, right? It's just going to get bigger and bigger until you open up and you unleash yourself to the world and to your best version. And that's kind of where my moment was. And it sounds like, you know, it's similar experience, but actually through different approaches, right? And how long ago was yours? We would just say, like, when you had this big transformation in, in mindset. 2000, I think 19. So I know sometimes people, it's not even long time ago like yours. It's recent in a way. It feels like so long ago because it's pre pandemic. But you kind of look back and you're like, wow, I was a different person. I mean, I will exactly. say, I forgot to say that when I was younger, I visited Vietnam when I was maybe eight years old. And okay. I knew they said like, oh, your grandpa can do palm reading. So I was like, oh, okay. You know, even as a kid, I was intrigued by it. Other, like, no one else really seemed to care about. I was like, read my palm, read my palm. I would say that as a kid to him. And he would maybe read only one, like give me two to three senses. 
and then I would be disappointed. I'd be like, okay, because I wanted, I guess, a full reading. And so yeah, I just walk off. And the next day I was like, oh, if I ask him again, maybe he'll say more. So I would be like, read my palm again. And so he did. And I was like, okay. And then he told, my dad told me later on when we came back to be back to the States, he did say much later on, he said, oh, my grandpa said that. Keep in mind later on back in the States, I broke my arm. And my dad told me, his dad, my grandpa said, he called them and said, please be careful with Trang because she's going to get into an accident. So, and then, uh, yeah, so I did in that sense. So that's when I was like, whoa, wow, how, you know, cause you're like, how can your hands, the palm in your hands show that, you know? And so I think that was the moment actually looking back where I was going, huh, like that's weird. How can the lines in your hands do that? But I never knew about the psychic world. So I knew about palm reading and really believed in that because there were stories of my grandpa reading for other people and it all came true what he saw. So he was probably deep down psychic, but in that time you can't really, it's kind of taboo to call that psychic. And isn't it crazy how for you it was like 15 years ago and you, you didn't even have an outlet to talk to, a community to talk to, right? And here we are 15 years now and I'm in LA. So I am, I feel very fortunate that I'm in a city that sells there's that sells crystals you can talk about woo woo stuff and it's totally normal you know not everyone has that luxury or that privilege to be able to do that so but yeah so that's that's actually how i also got started too yeah that's beautiful and i know you mentioned 2019 doesn't feel like long ago but the way i see it is there's no such thing as starting too late or too early right is whatever your time is to to shine to use all your knowledge and experience to to really truly see who you are and take that step I think that's that's really beautiful. And for me, even though we started 15 years ago, it took until five years ago to truly put me on that path. And then until last year to truly open my eyes to believing in myself and believing in, in, in the fact that, you know what, there's more to life than just the corporate world. I love my corporate job. I, I love the people I work with and the impact I have in that world. But I know I can do more for my own purpose, which is like yours, to be in service of others learn, grow, and then share with everyone else as I go along. What do you think where, I guess, what do you think for you? Was it where you said, you know what, even though I love my day job, I really want to do something else outside of it? Well, I mean, to be honest, growing up, you know, from high school onwards, I've always had some sort of entrepreneurial adventure. So I started playing computer games when I moved to Canada. I was beginning to soccer in Romania, but moving to Canada, I kind of pursued my passion for computer games. And that's why I always started to say, okay, how can I make some money so I don't have to go work a part-time job at, let's say, a fast food restaurant? So I did a lot of that, right? I was selling things related to computer games like servers where people could come and play on. And they kind of progressed. And then after my first real job after university, and I have a math degree, by the way. So I did the math, the computer science. I jumped into playing poker online. It just so happened because of my math background and my joy for the game. And I became good really fast, but also was lucky. And then luck brought me to wanting to learn more. And then I became a coach and a mentor for poker. And I did a lot of content. So it's kind of like, you know, I was playing and I was doing the coaching and mentorship side of things and content creation. And that went on for many years. And then, of course, then I went back to the professional world because, like you mentioned, I think earlier, the pressure of society, the pressure of those around me is like, oh, you got to get a real job, right? You can be going down this path that's less ideal or less secure. And it's true because, you know, what I was doing with poker and the reason I actually went into, into the business world was because it became, it wasn't as safe of a long-term bet because of what or, uh, what countries and specific places within countries were doing in terms of regulation, right? So you never knew if this will shut down tomorrow and now you lose your livelihood. So that kind of prompted me to go in the professional world and at the same time continue with the parts I love, which was the coaching and little playing as well. So now I guess that's a long way of answering your question. But right now, I like to combine my passion for what I do. So asking questions, consulting, having conversations, beautiful people, both in my professional world as a consultant and with a podcast. Down the road, let's say in the future, as things progress, I would love to to dedicate even more time and shift it into a full-time role where I can spend more time talking to people like yourself, right? 
learning beautiful stories and then sharing them, sharing them with the world. I, I hope that answers your question. But let me ask you this, like if we were to flip it on its head, right? What, do you see yourself right now, like with, the, with your healing shop, are you seeing yourself truly aligned with your purpose? And I know we're still learning and growing, but what would you say you first realized, you know what, I'm aligned with my purpose, if you believe you are aligned with your purpose, of course. Yeah, I, you know, when it comes to, I, would, I guess you can say this is intuition. And it's not one of the things where intuition hits you like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. You know, it, it's really a quiet voice. And that's what I teach in my community. But more so of, I think people have this notion that, hey, I, I'm going to find my life purpose one day, or I'm just going to find like my career. You know, they're like, well, my, what am I meant to do? You know, people when you graduate college and you're just like, oh, what is like that career? Am I supposed to be an executive for this role and stuff? Like we're so specific about it. And maybe that's what society kind of influences us to be and have a clear trajectory. But it really, looking back in hindsight, I like to say you develop your purpose or you develop your life path or even you develop your career. You don't find it one day and go like, aha, I figured it out. You know, so a lot of times you take, you have that odd end job, customer service, whatever it is, and then you go and and you bring it naturally because you've already had, you know how some people say, how are you so good with people? You're like, well, that's because I had to work at a frozen yogurt shop for years in college, you know, and you kind of take that and you go like, oh, I know how to deal with people and you deal that and then you take that to the next job and you take those skills and they take it to the next job. So now I also do wedding planning, which is more premium service, but again, it is still customer service and it's also being organized and being on top of things. So, but coming back to life path, it's one day I was just walking from one room to another and you know how your mind just kind of forgets what it's supposed to be doing. But I remember asking myself being like, man, was I supposed to do in this lifetime? And then the word came to me and it said build. And so it, and it wasn't a thing that you think it it just like randomly came into my head. So not really like a voice, just more of like, you know, when you're trying to, let's say you're trying to make apple pie, right? And you're like, what is that? What is that last ingredient I'm supposed to get the supermarket? I can't remember. And then you just start doing laundry. And then someone's like baking soda. And it's kind of like that. It just comes in randomly. So I remember build, and I was like, that's interesting. It gave me a very vague answer, but not, not specific. But then now I'm looking back and I'm thinking, it's building people up. It's building a community. It's building an empire. Just things like that. So or helping others build their businesses up. And, you know, most people might think, oh, that's competition. But I really do believe there is such a shortage of spiritual healers, metaphysical healers, and practitioners and readers. So I don't see it as competition. And, you know, the more small businesses thrive, the more our communities thrive. So I think some people say they can do a meditation and kind of see it. But I think sometimes there's that pressure of like, man, I just did meditation. I still didn't get the answer. You know, and sometimes we have to let the universe kind of unravel it for us slowly, you know, or maybe it's not, doesn't come as an answer. Like for me, like building, it might come to an answer, like someone's going to cross your path. And then one day might be like, Hey, you know what? Have you considered doing this? And then it makes you think. So it's like you, you allow the universe to give hints to you in certain ways. So Based on that word build, I will say that I am living in alignment right now for sure. It definitely was hard at first because it's not, you know, when you get the word build, you're like, what what the hell does that mean? But now looking at it, you know, building the community and having people give me feedback being like, this is a great platform that you have. This is a great community, down to earth people you have and everyone's kind and supportive. When I hear that, I go like, okay, this feels right. This feels good. And that's when I know I'm in alignment. It reaffirms your path, right? When when mm-hmm. you're seeing the feedback, you're seeing the impact firsthand. And oh, impact. there's so much to unpack in, in what you just said, right? Because there's so many amazing parts to it. I would say one question or one follow-up question I'll have for you. We talked a lot about community right now, but let's define what community means for you. When you're talking about building community and in service of your community, what's your own definition of a community in this sense. Yeah. So I think I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. And I think a lot of, I had someone, one of my community members tell me that, oh, when they follow other spiritual people online, they don't really have 
communities, it's more of one-on-ones. Like I'll give you reading, that's about it. Or you buy my course, that's it. But there's not, hey, I know someone, let me connect you with them. We'll have chit-chat with each other, right? And I think especially after pandemic or just we realize how much human interaction that we genuine human interaction and also like how how much we crave community because you know even people that are introverts they they also kind of struggled during pandemic and you know we're not exactly living in a tribe anymore so i think people just finally realized or some that that the struggle is there and when you have support it makes it the struggles don't go away in life. They just make it more bearable. You can ask for help. And so really, I think for me, community is, I try to facilitate our events, especially like our happy hour. We call it the happy healing hour. So it's like a happy hour event where they get to talk and I'm just facilitating. Because a lot of times people come and they want to listen to you, but that kind of gives it more of like a teacher. They're coming in and listening to a teacher talk instead of saying like a happy hour. It's more of just like, oh, have you met Nancy or have you met Barbara? She's doing this. Oh, you're doing that too? Oh my gosh, you guys. Yeah, just and it's not sleazy networking. It's very natural. So it's a, you, what you're talking about is essentially empowering other people to find their own voice and get the courage to to interact and, and build something beautiful for themselves. And I really, really love the way you approach that because like you said, there's a place for teaching. There's a place for where they come and listen, but there's also, there should be a place where they could feel empowered to jump into their true selves and and engage and connect and, and learn and grow together. Yeah, you said that so perfectly, feeling making people feel empowered to speak their voices because you know what? Now I'm thinking of stories now because in you know, how do you bring people, strangers together, like at a dinner table and get them to talk when they don't know each other, right? And then when they keep coming to the table every week or every month, they start to get to know each other and know their names and their backgrounds, right? So I remember one person saying, oh, I'm sorry for talking too much. And that's when I realized, wow, they must have had their voice silenced in the past. You're talking too much or like, please shut up. Please be quiet, like hush, you know? And so that made me so heartbroken because here she was not even talking too much. She just was explaining her story, but you can see how that still affects her to this day. So then also another time we had Happy Healing Hour, this is one of the epic ones. There was someone that overcame addiction. And obviously that is a very vulnerable story to share. And you like, I I don't know anyone that's been had addiction before, right? To like hard drugs or alcohol. And there was someone else in that in our community that also decided to share about her addiction story as well, but with alcohol. And I remember later on that person that shared about the drug addiction that they had, that they felt safe and they felt very welcomed. And they said it's not something that's easy for them to talk about, but they felt so comfortable talking about it. So yeah, we talk about crystals and spiritual stuff too, but we also, what I like is we talk about the human experience. And I think that's what where you and I really connected when we were doing like, we we're talking before this podcast recording of, okay, yes, they're talking about 3D, 5D, whatever dimensional world there is out there. But like, what about this life we're living right now, you know, how do we see ground in it? How do we deal with the difficulties that come with it? How do we find help, support, you know, like why, why not try to focus a little bit more in living in the moment, the life that we are in right now? Yeah, that's a great story and inspiring as well, because it, it shows you the power of having like-minded individuals to have a conversation with, to, to feel like you're being listened. And in the example you gave, it's so beautiful because for all intents and purposes, these people are strangers to each other, right? They haven't known each other, but yet they can be vulnerable because they likely sense the energies in the room, right? In the community that people are not there to judge them, but they're there to offer a genuine connection and a listening ear. And then people can relate. And from my own experience, I didn't realize the value of community until very late in life. In fact, not even a year ago, when I went on my journey, to Ecuador last year with my plant medicine. And I realized how quickly community can form when you have a connection with the other side, but also when you let your guard down and you're like, you know what? I don't care if you judge me. I don't care, you know, if I, you know, my voice comes out louder than others. Like it's just me. 
take me for who I am. And then all of a sudden you realize, you know what? People don't dislike that person. They don't dislike who you are deep down inside. And I think we have too many voices in our heads sometimes, like the example you gave of the lady that apologized for speaking too much, where these voices are like, hey, don't do this because you're going to be judged on. And it kind of takes me back to this new idea. And again, this is only something I discovered in the last year or so, the idea of the inner child and how much your inner child is impacted in those years that you don't even remember, right? Between zero and six, seven years old. And I know you talk a lot about inner child as well, and that's something that you've looked into as well. You, How much work have you done with your own inner child in the last few years that you've discovered this? Yeah, so I have a therapist that I go to every two weeks, virtually. Even if I'm not running into any issues, it's more of like maintenance, right? So I always am a huge proponent of therapy or counseling, whatever you want to call it, because it's kind of like going to the gym, right? You When you're 10 pounds overweight, you're like, okay, let's hit the gym. But most people wait until they're 400 pounds overweight and they go like, oh no, I have a problem. So same thing here. A lot of times people wait until it gets really bad and then they go like, oh, I need to, I need to do something to fix it. And they think they can get it done within one or two sessions, healing sessions, you know, or therapy sessions. And so we go through my inner child as well from there. So I think it's been past, um, say like four or five years that I've been, I could say like working on it here and there. Usually there's other subjects that take precedent, like for example, whatever's going on in life, right? Or transition. But when there's something where I'm like, okay, there's nothing going on in my life right now, she'll say, okay, let's, let's do exercises for your inner child. And so for me in my case, and I don't know what it was for your dynamic between your siblings, but for me, obviously growing up with immigrant to low income family, I just knew as a kid, I was probably eight, seven. I don't know. I was just really young. At the moment, I didn't think I was young though, because you always, you know, kids are smarter than they think they are, than people think, okay. realize. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to bother my parents or cause any trouble and just get good grades because I know they are struggling. You know, I can't, you know, I, I can't, I don't want to cause any more trouble or any problems for them. And so I think at a young age, I was already becoming an adult really fast and I matured faster than any kid probably should. So I felt like I had responsibilities on my shoulders and they kind of did put more responsibilities on me than my older brother because I was a more responsible child. So it's more of addressing that inner child that I'm still going through my therapist, you know, and because it kind of happens and plays out in the workspace, you know, or even school when you're the person doing all the work in the group project or when you are doing all the work on your team and those same feelings come up again. So that's something I'm still continuously working on still. Yeah. So what was it like for yours? So I, I guess to answer one of the questions or kind of like rhetorical questions, you put in there, like, I believe we're always going to be working on these things, right? It's, it's not one of those scenarios where you can say, you know what, I've done all the work I can. I'm going to close that box and now I'll move on. I think like anything, like our spiritual journey, our learning to grow ourselves on a professional level or personal level, it's always going to be a work in progress. And I think that's the beauty of it, right? Because the more we learn, the more we grow, and the more we can love and share with everyone else around us. And then we can empower them and inspire them to come along with us. And with inner child specifically, one of the things I realized more recently is the idea that we come into this world, and that's what I believe at least, we come into this world with our human experience is zero, right? Like we have no experience. And then we allow, of course, our caretakers being parents or grandparents or whoever is raising us to have an influence because those are the people we look up for protection because we're not, we're, we're very vulnerable. And then society and then, let's say, <laughs> the culture, the religion will have a big influence on us. And then unfortunately, because those learned behaviors are usually a defense mechanism or part of the time are the defense mechanism, we don't even realize when we grow up that we're using those elements. So I think going deep and trying to really understand what's going on is tough and also necessary. And for me, to answer your other question, like, before I knew the term for it, inner child healing or working with your inner child, I say I probably started with a self-discovery piece, which is looking inwards, probably five or so years ago as well. And it hasn't always been very intentional, right? Because everything that comes up, it's usually a very tough conversation to have. And it's a very tough thing to admit. Like, am I truly like that? And do I want to be like that? 
So for me right now, I'm doing a lot of reading and talking to various people on this subject to truly understand why am I missing? You know, is my view aligned with what, let's say, science says, what the specialists say, not necessarily the scientific ones, but the spiritual ones as well, right? Like how does it align and what else can I learn and share? And one thing, I, the last thing I'll ask here, the one thing I learned recently as well is that the idea that just because your inner child has you act in a certain way, let's say out of protection, it doesn't mean that your true self aligns with it. And you can challenge that and you can work through it and you can come up to a conclusion and say, you know what, the way my inner child or the way that part of me acts is no longer serving me, so I have to move on from it. Or it could be that, you know what, it's serving you and then you're like at peace at least because your two sides, your adult self and your inner child are now connected. And I think that's the work I'm, I'm doing for myself right now is to try to understand which parts I want to kind of put a, a light on, right? Like bring them up and keep and which ones do I need to change? Right. I think people don't realize or are unaware sometimes, like you said earlier before, of how even though it happened in childhood or even teenager times, just in the past, that it seeps into our adult lives. So I always like to give an example. If something in the past made you not have a good self-worth, you know, you're going to enter work. You're not going to be able to negotiate for a good salary because you don't feel like you're worth it. You're not going to, you're going to accept bad people in your life, in relationships, because that you think that's the love that you deserve, like it, it affects everything. And if you don't address your inner child, you will bring it into your romantic relationships, guaranteed, because you're looking for that partner to fulfill those needs. And a lot of times I'll see that people project their insecurities or their fears, and it's okay to have fears and insecurities and talk about them, but it's different when you start projecting them into the relationship. And usually that causes the strains. The way you put it is, is very honest and direct and vulnerable because if you look at it, we do that in relationships without even realizing, right? Because we we attract, it's kind of like going back to what you mentioned earlier, where, you know, the universe certainly aligns things for you based on what you put out there, right? So if it's negative emotions or positive emotions, you will get more of the same, right? So if you're a certain type of person um, that's looking, you know, deep down is looking for a specific safety, let's say, or a specific type of person for relationships to be able to feel secure or to feel heard or whatever the case might be, that's the type of people that are going to come into your life and you're going to feel attracted to without even you realizing. And what I've noticed with me and others around me when having this conversation is the more you look inwards and the more you try to change yourself, the only person you can control, the more than, you know, it comes out on the other side where the universe is now going to align people with your new self. So if I'm someone that no longer has these insecurities, well, likely I'm not going to start seeing the same type of people I, see, I saw before in as, as a potential mate. Exactly. Like I always, for the people that don't believe in manifestation or they're like, oh, that's kind of too woo-woo. What I try to say is like, look, your thoughts become how you speak and how you speak is how also how you act. And that's going to attract certain people. So, you know, like the girls that, or, or guys, but the girls, like, for example, I used to have a girlfriend that says like, oh, why do I attract all the, ha like all the assholes? And you're like, hmm, is it, is it them or is it you? Right. And so after all, you see a pattern, but maybe let's say, for example, you work on yourself, you heal and you see your self-worth. You start to see all these guys that were good all along. They might have seemed boring to you before, but they're actually solid people. They were there all along within your vision or in your pref you know, right around you. But now that you've healed, you kind of, when you go on a dating app and you go on a date, let's say, for example, with someone that's an asshole or a badass or whatever, looks, you know, cool or whatever, you're just not attracted to that anymore. And so when you go to a date, you kind of, you go on a date, you don't talk the same way. And so after all, you're like, you know what, this, this doesn't resonate with me anymore. And then that's how you attract or put out new energy to attract a certain type of people. Yeah. Like you said, it's almost like a veil is being lifted, right? Because you're like, oh, you know what? I don't put up with that, right? Now I have boundaries. Now I can decide for myself if this person is being reasonable or abusive in any way, right? And stop that before it gets to a point where it's very hard to turn back or more painful to, to move on from. 
and I see that all the time. I mean, I see it with myself. I see it with friends. I actually had a great conversation with a friend yesterday around this idea where I was talking to him about past relationships and a couple of things that he's struggling with. And then he had a, an aha moment and a question for me. It was like, why do I keep attracting the same type of lady in my life? And then we had a deep conversation about exactly this because it's the idea if you are the same, it's almost like the definition of insanity from Albert Einstein or whoever came up with a quote is like, you do the same thing over and over again, and then you expect different results. Well, it's the same thing about our, ourselves, right? If I act the same way over and over, I'm going to attract the same people in my life. And this actually, personally, I believe it goes beyond your relationships with a partner, right? It's the friends, it's the coworkers, right? It's the people you meet in your life. They, there's a resonance and a frequency to where you are. And that's the type of frequency you attract That's all. That's my belief. And I see more and more examples of that in, in life when I start paying attention to it. Yeah, for sure. And I think kind of what we talked about earlier before when we were prepping for this podcast is also even doing the spiritual work, you know, people can become so ungrounded real easily. So I like how you told me we have to play the game of life, even with spirituality. So it's yes, we can be spiritual, but at the same time, how can we incorporate it into the life that our society has built? You know, how do you stay grounded while while being spiritual, while living the human life with the systems we created? So, like for example, you said, make a you know, we have to apply for jobs now. We we create the system where we have to make resumes and send them out, right? But also listening, the spiritual part we can integrate is listening to your intuition on finding a job that's aligned with you. So I love what you said about that. Yeah, no, thank you for bringing that up. And I think that's such a great point. And the way to expand slightly on that, it's almost like, yes, we play, have to play the game of life. And that's all about personal growth, right? You're growing personally and you're growing professionally. But it doesn't mean that if you ignore, let's say, looking within you, so the only place you know you can control and you can really be at peace with, and you ignore the spirituality part of it, which is the idea of something bigger than you or finding purpose in whatever you do, can you really become the best version of yourself? Not very likely. So it's finding that nice medium where you can be professional, but also maybe work on how can I be a better person to those that I interact with? How can I bring more compassion to the workplace, more empathy, more love, essentially, but then also find more purpose, right? In my corporate job right now, my journey last year has helped me tremendously in finding more compassion towards the people I work with. I no longer see people as, oh, he's my customer, she's my coworker, she's my boss, or she's just someone that just joined the company. It's all, almost like everyone is a person now and everyone has their own stuff going on in their life, unfortunately, right? For better or worse, like we all have challenges. So let's be a bit more compassionate before jumping to judgment. I used to be someone that judged very easily, right? Like, I'll be like, oh, this person is the B word because she got very argumentative right away. He is this and this way because of the way he looks or whatever. Anyone in customer service is going to agree with that. <laughs> We've all had our moments. <laughs> so, but the, the thing is, is it, once you realize that those, for me at least, once I realize those judgments are actually a reflection of some things that were inside of me, and like maybe how I saw myself or how I, I thought of myself if I, I was doing those things, then you realize, wait a second, let's take a step back and see, you know, everyone is trying their best, right? They may not want to be doing the job they're doing, right? They may not want to be there themselves because they have something going on in their life. Let's extend a bit of compassion. Let's extend a bit of empathy and see if relationships can or work can become easier. And to be honest with you, it's been like, what, nine months since my journey or so. And my work life has never been better from better relationships, better outcomes. And not only that, I'm actually happier in my job, which is something I never thought I would say. It's like, it's a corporate job. I love my job. I always did because I get to do things I like, which is talk. <laughs> but now I get even more out of it, despite being like we said before, it's like it's playing the game of life or the human experience because we are part of this world. And on the flip side of it, one more thing I would like to add, and I'm curious to see your take is, when this idea of the podcast came to me, again, eight, eight or so months ago now, it's the first time in my life when I came up with an idea that wasn't motivated by gaining more resources. So it was all motivated about using my voice to inspire and empower people and to share. And that may sound noble, and that's what I wanted to believe at the time. 
And then whenever the idea of money came up, oh, maybe you'll make it a business. Maybe you'll do something out of it. Money, I was trying to shut down that voice because I guess I was afraid to appear fake and be like, oh, you're doing this for the money. But then I had an aha moment, probably six months after that, so like a couple of months ago, when I was listening to another podcast I really like, and they were talking about the idea of, you know what? If you're aligned with your mission, with your true purpose, then the universe will reward you with experiences, resources, and whatnot, because they'll be aligned with your new path. So abundance will come in in the form of better friendships, more you know, amazing people in your life, and money as well. And the, the aha moment was the fact that as the resources come into your life, you can now start to use them to help those around you. So to your point from earlier, building a community or communities, right? Giving back, not hoarding it all yourself, like we know some of the people with a lot of money do, but like have enough for what you need and then use the rest of the money for the betterment of the world. So it's almost like you're transferring wealth and resources. Let's put it like this. Let's transfer resources from the dark side to the light side. And once that clicked into my mind, I'm like, yes, that's exactly how this should be because we're building a business. We're building something for the world. Yes, it will help us. But by helping us, it actually gives us more that we can give back to the world. So that's how I see it now. Yeah. When when you said giving back, and I think people listening in, I can see some people arguing, possibly being like, but money support and you need to support rent. Okay. Yes, we we know that part. We're covering that part. But I think people don't also realize the impact that you know, building followers takes time. You know, people buy from who they like, know, and trust. So through podcasting and sharing stories, especially vulnerable stories, it shows to other people like, oh, oh, I thought I was going through this alone. And I felt so alone in the, I shared my mom's death and my diary notes that I wrote when she was dying. And it was very raw, vulnerable, unedited, you know, on Instagram. And it got a lot of engagement. But also other people said, oh, I can resonate with some pieces of this. You know, I wrote there being like, I wish my mom could die. So this could be all over with, done and over. No one's going to really share that. But yet we feel so alone, although we all feel the same way for a certain topic or certain thing in life we're going through. And so I learned that, and you know, you can... If you see other people you follow, you like them because they start telling a little bit about their life and you're like, oh, okay, they're they're another human just like me. So people that that person is going to understand me and I feel welcomed and uh, by them and there's warmth coming out of them. So even though right now we're doing this podcast, what people or I hope you realize this is that whoever is listening and we are planting a little seed in their mind that makes them maybe question something going on in their life or makes them think. And from there, that can sprout a whole entire new path for them because it's, that's yeah. how, that's what inspiring people is like. Right. So. Yeah. And um, empowering them too, right. Showing them that it's okay to be vulnerable and you have the community and you have the people around you and the tools necessary to be able to do whatever you want to do. I know it may be tough initially, but know that like you just said it, we're building communities. We're building like my, or not building, but bringing together like my individuals where they can feel safe to, to share this. And it's funny you mentioned an aha moment you had there with sharing and becoming vulnerable and people resonating with that. I had the same aha moment when I was thinking about creating this podcast probably three or four months ago, where I'm like, it kept it was a repeating theme that was coming up over the duration of maybe 10 days, where I'm like, I'm going through something, a challenge, and I'm like, I wonder if I'm alone. And then you Google something, you're like, of course you're not. And then it kept repeating. It's almost like the universe was trying to give me a lesson into like, realize that just because you're going through a challenge doesn't mean you're the only one going through it. And by allowing yourself to open up, you allow others to help you, but also join you on the journey. And that was a, such a huge aha moment for me because no matter what challenge we go through, very likely someone else, at least one other person has gone through something similar and can provide maybe a helping hand, maybe or just a shoulder to cry on because they truly understand you. And going back to your idea of community, I think that's that builds up on top of it. It's like, that's what you are doing, right? You're providing a space where people can share these experiences and now can start relating and can help each other out to, to come up. 
and in my place, I, I'll share something vulnerable here, which my audience may have heard before, is the idea that I've always been a happy-go-lucky type person, right? I've never really been depressed. However, coming up from my journey last year in end of May, for the first month was bliss because I was still running the highs of all the beautiful things I experienced and so on. But then reality sank in and I had to sit with a lot of my own dark thoughts and seeing how they map with the world and how things are right now based on what I saw. And I was in a very dark, depressive state for probably six, six or seven months, which was very new to me because, again, I, I was not someone that had to deal with that before or didn't necessarily want to deal with it, even though those same thoughts were there for decades, right? The only few things that brought me up from there was A, realizing what I'm doing, but B, was reaching out to my extended community, friends, family, even coworkers, and allowing them, or A, allowing myself to be vulnerable, but also allowing them to, to listen, allowing them to provide input. And, you know, of course, some conversations were deeper than others, but just by doing that, it brought me up. So it's that idea, like you mentioned earlier, allowing the community to support you, and then you in return to support them. And I think that's really a secret that people are coming to realize right now is that, you know what, you're not alone in the world. You may feel alone because you're behind four walls. You haven't met anyone in a few years because of the pandemic, or you have to work so much that you can't go out with your friends. But realize that just because in your immediate community, you don't necessarily have someone to talk to, maybe using the internet like we're doing right now, or finding a community like you're building in LA can open up so much, so many more doors. For self-healing, right? For for self-discovery. Yeah. And the more we talk about issues and topics in our lives or whatever's going on, the more we normalize it. And that's why I'm very hopeful. I know some people are very pessimistic and they say this world's going down, whatever. But I'm very hopeful because I'm looking at our generation, the younger generation, and we're talking about mental health. We're talking about things like back then where people would say like, people would think, oh, that family's just cursed. It's like, no, maybe they're just neurodivergent, you know? And so the more we normalize it, the more we can feel okay about who we are as people. You know, imagine how many people out there that are LBGTQ and for the longest time, they they had to feel like they couldn't live as their true selves. But as we talk more about it and what that looks like for them, gender fluidity and all that kind of stuff. So the more we talk, and the thing I think when I was surprised when we first met was that in the spiritual world and wellness world, a lot of it is female. So when I saw you, I was like, oh my gosh, a male. And on top of that, someone of different in the city. So for you, it's from Hungary, right? So Romania. Romania. Close, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. Romania. And so I was like, wow, this is great getting his perspective because I don't really have, like, see a lot of, you know, male in this industry. So especially with a background like yours. So it was really, really exciting to be able to do this podcast with you because I think we really resonate on coming from an ethnic background. And I think with community, people don't realize the feeling that you can get from it. So luckily now in the day, you know, even though I'm based in LA, everything, all my events are virtual. So you can join from anywhere, right? But it's that feeling of I belong here and this isn't something I get back home or this isn't something I get from family or friends because I feel like if I talk about the spiritual boo-boo stuff or whatever, I'm going to be judged or I'm going to be shamed about it or I'm just going to get looks, judging looks. And that energy already makes you not want to talk about it and it, talk about this exciting thing. You know, when you want to talk to your friends about astrology and or other people and they're like, oh, okay. You can just tell that you, you can just feel like, oh, you know what? I guess I won't talk about that. And just you can feel your energy just sinking, right? And when I used to travel around the world, I stayed in hostels because I was a you know budget backpacker. And I learned that deep down with no matter what country you're from, people want to share their stories. You know, I would be sitting literally in the hostel living room till I don't know, past midnight because I'm a night owl and people would just tell their life story. I would ask because I was curious. I wasn't there being like, let me be your therapist and tell me about yourself. You know, it's just more of like, oh, so what brought you here? Oh my gosh. So how long's your trip? And why'd you go on your trip? It was just really because I was curious. And they would say, I got divorced or I got out of a, a you know, a, a really bad long-term relationship. Like all of these really difficult, vulnerable things to me. But I think also I noted looking back now, 
that is what was therapeutic for them because no one says like, hey, sometimes they don't get back home. Hey, how are you? Or what are you going through right now? And sometimes I think when you talk and share your stories to strangers that you might not see again, it feels a bit safer, you know, being like, okay, I'm just going to pour my heart out. I might not see you again, but, or this won't get back to my family and friends that might judge me. You know, so that was the feeling I wanted to bring to my community and my membership that I platform I have and the intention I, I want to bring to it. Yeah, so much to unpack there as well. And I would I want to unpack a couple of things. But first one, you said something that piqued my interest. You said people join your community because back home, they don't have something like that or they don't feel comfortable enough to share. And that's important to bring up from, from my point of view is that even though they may not feel comfortable doing that right now, by being part of your community, they may find the inspiration. They may find the empowerment is, you know what, even though people are not listening to me right now in my inner circle, it doesn't mean I can't grow my inner circle to attract the people that will listen and build my own community wherever I am. And I be, I personally believe there's no such thing as just being part of one community. Because if you look at how life is right now, you have communities work, you have communities with your friends and different hobbies, and you have communities with your family, so to speak, right? And that they can be separate and you can still gain a lot from all of them. In this example that you gave, I really like that you're providing a space so people can come from whatever they are, whoever they are, doesn't matter the religion, the sex, the, the, the color, none of that is important, right? Because you're not there to judge anyone or restrict, restrict access based on any made up criteria. We're all humans. Let's have a place to, to be safe in, vulnerable, and share our experiences. And then through that, they can take that back and maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next year, but maybe in five years, someone will be like, you know what? I really love what Trang did there, so now I'm going to bring this into, into my life. Or an opportunity comes up and they bring it into their life. That's the beauty of community. I, I always try to explain it like, how should I say this? So... You know, when people want to lose weight, I usually like to use like the gym as an example for some odd reason. But so people on the surface, they say, I want to lose that extra 10 pounds of stubborn fat around my stomach, whatever. So they go to the gym, they go hire a fitness trainer, or I just, that's what they do. But when they go through the whole entire transformation that can be healing for them, what they get, it's not just, oh, you lost 10 pounds. It's you feel sexier and more confident at the beach. You have more energy to play with your kids. There's so much more that comes with it. And that's the thing I think that people sometimes don't realize about community is that, yeah, sure, my community, you have like healing workshops, events, and that kind of stuff. But our happy hours is actually one of the, my favorite events because everyone walks away, I feel like, learning something from each other or they just feel, well, I've been told like, oh, it's nice being with people that just get me. Yes. Yes. And you said something earlier when we were talking about the podcast and what we're doing here is the idea that you're planting seeds into other people's minds in the sense that you're challenging the status quo. So it's very common for me, for example, to be like, this is the opinion I have on one thing. Realize I have blinders on and I'm not considering option B and C, let's say. And then you come along and say, well, Constantly, have you thought about this? And I'm like, oh, now, now I have to think about it, right? And I may not even have that realization. In the moment, you'll be like, hmm, and then move on. But then because that's planted, you're like, now you can never unsee that, right? You can never say, you know what? My option is the only true option when you realize that there is a second option or a third or a fourth or however many. And I think that's also powerful in community because when you're becoming vulnerable, and I'm not afraid to tell you how I be you know, what I think, what I believe, and you're not afraid to tell me, this, you know, your beliefs and they don't have to align. Now we can have true communication because I'm not trying to tiptoe around you and be like, oh, I don't want to offend you or I don't want you to think I'm crazy or I don't want you to stop being my friend because now you saw that I believe my higher self or my inner child or what, fill in the blanks, right? It could be any of those, those themes. Exactly. Yeah. And I think another point I want to touch on briefly, kind of circling back, you mentioned in this day and age, there's not as many healers or not as many people that are tapping into their spiritual side or sharing that. And I can see that being more because people being afraid and how society has been grooming us, society, religion, politics, whatever you want to call it, where it's not necessarily okay for you to speak out or okay for you to, to share your thoughts 
without be, the fear of being judged or canceled or or any of those things that may put a fear in someone. What if I truly come out and express how I feel, put my shoulders down, I'm going to get in so much trouble. And that's a big aha moment for me because I used to, and hate is a strong word, but it's probably a fit here. I used to hate being vulnerable. I like showing my emotions. And I'm an emotional person, right? And showing that for me was very, like it would make me appear weak, right? In my mind, I was like, no, I cannot do that. I have to always show up strong. I always have to go the extra mile because I want, I cared about what people thought of me. And while it's important to have, let's say, maybe a good a good view of yourself in the eyes of others or like the others to see you really well, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's how you see yourself. And if I believe in what I'm saying and believing, then I really don't care if you like me or not, or I shouldn't at least. And that's kind of like the new shift I'm trying to go through. And I'm realizing more and more it's so freeing that I don't have to worry about, oh, is she going to like me or not? And guess what? People will like you because you're not becoming your true authentic self. And it's a very different vibe and energy you give off. And if some people don't like you, that, that, that means they weren't meant to be in your life and you in theirs, right? Because you're now on different frequencies and you're talking about different things and that's okay. People come and go all the time. Just take the lesson and move on. Yeah, I, I think right when you said that, all that, I just thought of, you know, there's a lot of people that, especially men, that have avoidant attachment style. And that's because they are, it's not because necessarily because they're male. It's how men are socialized in so many of our cultures and societies that they need to be strong. Or even growing up and your parents saying, don't cry over spilled milk. Men don't cry. Don't cry. You know, that's not going to help you win the game. So just things like that, or you got to just push and power through it, you know, and obviously our parents and other gener older generations, they didn't know any better, but now we do, especially with the inner child. But when kids are taught that way, especially boys, then they grow up feeling like they have to put up a wall or they have to look strong. They can't cry when someone's like someone, in their family has died. You know, you have to be strong for the family. That's another one that people don't realize can hurt children growing up too. And instead of just saying, hey, I understand you're crying. You must feel sad. You know, allow them to just allow them to feel the feelings. They're human, you know, and because of that, it, it makes people, and you know, when you talk to someone, you can feel a wall is up because what they talk about sounds so, I don't say corporate speak, but you could tell the way they talk. It's not. Yeah. And it's not, it, it just, you're just like, okay, I'm done talking to you. I'm going to go deep talk to someone else and have a deeper conversation elsewhere. But I think for anyone else listening in, because I remember before thinking like, why does being vulnerable work? And why does it help people give a crap about you? <laughs> and it's like when you crack open, then people see you as more human. And they also I guess I'm just trying to think from, I like using dating as an example sometimes too, but when you know when you're dating someone or you're going on a date and you ask questions just about their, their life and get to know them and you can tell they have a wall up, you're not, when that person has that wall up, they're just pretty much blocking the connection that can happen because obviously they've been traumatized or they try to feel safe or they try to look what they were taught to look as manly, manly or whatever. And I think it took me a while to figure this out too, because I wasn't taught this. I was in survival mode, more, like growing up poor, you know, or low income with Asian family. So it was just thinking of, I was just on survival. So I wasn't even thinking about, oh, how can I be vulnerable to people? It was just more through therapy, realizing like, hey, it's okay. It's okay. You're not financially low income anymore. You're doing okay, you know? So you don't have to stick in that mode where you're just trying to figure out what do I do next? Why do I do next? You know, like, and sometimes I get into that mode and it's really hard, but I have to break out of it. But I think when you're more vulnerable, people, I don't know, it just, it's more humane. People see that more humane side. Mm -hmm. It does bring the side of you where it shows your authenticity, it shows your wrongness for lack of a better term. And then people associate with it because, like you said, most people are in this society of ours, doesn't matter where in the world, from what I see, is the idea that you cannot be vulnerable. So when they see others do the one thing they were told they can do, 
or one of the many things we're told they can do, they're like, oh, wait a second, so you can do that, and I still like you? That's that's weird. Now I'm going to continue listening to you because I'm like, okay, well, I can associate with that. And that was my big aha moment. That I used to be judgmental of people that were showing vulnerability younger in my, when I was younger because I'm like, oh, look at that, that person. He's crying. He's not a man, right? Or why is he doing that? I never allowed myself to really be like, hey, wait a second. They're doing that because that's how they feel or there's a reason behind it, right? It's like you're, you can be quick to judge, but at least I was. But then as I had many lessons, I realized, that, you know what, let's take a step back and look deep down inside. And I think it all comes back to the idea in my mind of working on yourself. If you can look in and say, okay, what's bothering me? What behaviors don't I like? And you allow them to come out. You allow them, you know, you allow them to show themselves to you. You can then make the decision. And now you can share with others and be vulnerable. Like the, the great example you gave with addictions, right? That's a pretty obvious one. But that's something that's so hard for people to admit and, and be open about. But yet here we are. And then we know the power of, you know, clubs, the AA meetups where the people can come in and talk about the their alcoholic addictions and can get healed through that, right? And can maintain an alcohol-free life. Well, we know that's just a community, right? It's a community of like-minded individuals, and this is the same. Yeah. Now, we had such a beautiful conversation. I just looked at the time, and I'm like, wow, we went on for an hour, and I'm sure we could talk for many more hours. But in the interest of keeping our audience listening, I, I do want to ask you two questions that I like to ask at the end of my podcasts. And I'll be curious to see how you respond to this. So the first one would be, we're going to try time travel in the, in the past and in the future. But let's go to the past first. So we go back 10 years and you get to meet your younger self and you can give yourself one piece of advice. What would it be? Oh man, there's so many. I feel like I'd give them a whole book and be like, here, <laughs> learn all this. Okay, uh, pick a few. Let's, let's see. What would you pick? I would say... Don't take that job at Disney. <laughs> okay. And I try to think something that my 24-year-old self would have accepted. Because you know when you tell your younger self this at that moment, you don't know if they would even listen. Well, don't forget, you're planting a seed. So it could be just that. You're just planting a seed. It doesn't oh, that's have right. Because oh. we're time traveling and just like if someone gave a hint and then they disappeared. I would say tell them, just hint at them being like that spiritual afterlife world is real and it's coming to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like the way the word build maybe came to you, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you time traveled and <laughs> and you gave yourself the word. Then it's, it's beautiful. You mentioned don't take the job as Disney, but didn't you say that that's how you met your partner and or, well, partner for the business and that's how you started this? So if you don't right. take the job, you're not here today. Well, you know what's funny? I we I had a session with my grandpa in the afterlife and I asked him like, oh, if I didn't take that job at Disney, I went for something else, would I have met her? And he showed and he said, yes, the, you would have met a different way. It would have taken a little bit longer, but you guys still would have met. So that's when people say, oh, I don't want to know if I want to take this opportunity, if I'm going to miss out on missing the one or missing people. You know, if I took his other temp job, I would have, he, she would have come into that job as well. So he was showing her that. So that's why when people say, I, I, what I like to say is the universe will send people on your path. You have the free choice and free will, what you want to do with them. Exactly. That's exactly what I believe as well. It's almost like the analogy I use is, let's say I go out of my front door right now and I want to go downtown. I can go left, which is slightly longer. I can go right. But then I have forks in the road along the way. And I can decide which way I want to go because of traffic, because of, let's say, I want to stop somewhere. And I see our path in life very, very similar. And it doesn't mean that if a person is, let's say, I go out of my house and I go left, a person that's waiting for me there will no longer be waiting for me as some other path because they could be taking the bus or going somewhere else and they'll meet me halfway down the road, right? Or halfway down my path. And I really resonate with what you said because at the end of the day, there will be choices that we have to make along the way and hints that, hey, maybe you should go down a path. But I, I do believe we have free will to decide what is time to allow this person in. And it might be that sometimes it's you're not ready for an experience or a person to come into your life because you haven't done the work to put you on the frequency to say, now and now, now I'm going to talk to Trang. Because to be honest with you, if let's say you came into my life last year as someone to talk to, 
like last year at the same time, right? Mid-March to late March. I would have been like, yeah, I don't know if I want to talk to you, right? Or the same for you, right? Because we haven't had some of the experiences that gave us the knowledge or ability to be vulnerable and have conversations like this. So now going to the second question. So we said we time travel, right? Now we're going to go back in, not back, but we're going to go into the future, right? 10 years from now, you're going to see the beautiful place the healing shop has become, the amazing communities you've built, and you get to have a 15-minute mentoring session with your older self. What one piece of insight or advice would you bring back with you to the present to either build on or you say, you know what, I want to start this in my life right now? That's too funny because as an entrepreneur, you're always thinking what products, what services, what programs to do. So I would totally try to cheat and say like, okay, what should I do? Because I don't want to have to try all these programs or these services and offer them and it just not work. So just give me the shortcut. Give me a look of what works. Totally cheating right there. So it would be more of definitely more of a business. I mean, if you can time travel, we can do that. Why not? I mean, it's your world, right? Do as you please. Well, thank you so much, Trent. This was such an amazing conversation. And in, in conclusion here, if someone wants to learn more about the healing shop, about you or talk to you or some of the amazing work you do, where can they find you? Yeah. So our website, thehappyhealingshop.com. Also Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, same social media handle, The Happy Healing Shop. And I offer a free quiz, which is which type of intuitive ability do you have? And a lot of times people think, oh, I don't know, my intuition's that great. It's a muscle. You build on top of it. But when you take the quiz, people have taken it. They go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. There's six different types, but they, I didn't realize I had this ability. And this is what it was called. So really, really helpful. And when you practice more and more on it, you'll start to learn to trust for what's aligned with you, what is good for your path, even if everyone else like if everyone else is saying, no, do this, you you know to be like, hey, you know what? This isn't right for me. And I hope you understand that. So and it's also learning how subtle ways that the universe speaks to us. So there's a lot of free resources as well on our thehappyhealingshop.com website. Awesome. Thank you. And you know why? It sounds like we have a topic for the for the part two of this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Going deeper into the intuitive side of things and how what you've discovered. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait to share this with the audience and see what they think. Thanks for having me, Constantine. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us today. To find out more amazing content and episodes, please visit UnleashThyself.com or you can find us on social media.